The Mishnah continues right where it left off, dealing with the idea that there are two separate halachic facts that are being established here, with two potentially different sets of testimony, one about the theft, the geneva, and a second about the tevicha, or the mechira, the slaughter or sale of the animal that was taken. What our mission here wants to discuss is how do the rules of Adam Zomim apply in such a scenario? So Adam Zomimim um, are these witnesses that are disproved. Um, so it means that the witnesses who said that the animal had been stolen by this fellow or been sold by this fellow, etc., um, actually uh, were lying. Now, when you repudiate, when you disprove um, witnesses that can come under a generic situation of hakhasha. Um, like contradiction. So in other words, the second group of witnesses come and say the first group was not telling the truth, and that's just then then everything is sort of um, everything is short circuits, um, and then we can't proceed. Everyone's thrown out of court in terms of we don't the court doesn't know how to rule in that situation because we have contradictory testimony. But when we have hazama, what's going on is this Adam Zom situation is that first set of witnesses. Um, aren't being simply contradicted by the second. The second group of witnesses is saying that the first group of witnesses simply cannot be giving valid testimony because they were with us in a different place at the time they claimed to have witnessed the crime. So since they were with us at the time the crime happened, or they claimed the crime happened, and they weren't at the scene of the crime, it's impossible they could be giving testimony. In such a scenario, those Witnesses who have been sort of discredited are called Adam Zomimim, I don't know, conspiring witnesses, probably literally translated. Um, and the Pasuk says, lo kasher zamam The consequence of being an Eid Zomem, or two Adam Zomim, is that they have to get done to them what they conspire to do to the person against whom they were testifying falsely. So we're going to discuss here how the economics work if we have sets of Eid Zomim who are disproven regarding their testimony uh, of theft or of subsequent sale or slaughter, and how we meet out their punishment sort of financially. So the case here, the mission begins, Ganav al Pishnaim, if group A of witnesses confirmed that our thief stole the animal, al and that same group of witnesses also um, testify that the thief either slaughtered or sold that sheep or goat or cow, and then Venimtsu Zomimin, and then after that, a second group of witnesses come. And they say that first group that testified about the theft and the sailor slaughter uh, were with us at the time. They weren't at the scene of the crime when they claimed they were to be, and therefore the testimony for sure is invalid. So then the consequence is that those first set of lying witnesses, who are now Adam Zomimim, Mishalman Hakol, they pay everything, meaning they're going to pay if it was uh, a cow that was stolen and then subsequently uh, sold, so that that's a five payment, of course. So therefore, the Adam Zomim, between the two of them, will pay five times the value of the cow that was stolen, which is like Kasher Zamam, what they conspired to try to get done to um, the original uh, alleged thief. Okay. Now, um, worth noting that what's happening here is that the testimony regarding the theft and the subsequent sale uh, is coming sort of in, in one single set of testimony. But if, in, if there's like two discrete episodes, first they testified regarding the theft, and then later on they testified regarding the sale or the slaughter, so then um, they only have to pay for the first, like the, the kafel payments, the geneva, and not for the subsequent um, sale or slaughter. And, and the reason why this is a little technical, but a lot of this mission is really technical, is that um, the principle is Eid Zomem Lemafreya Hu Nifsal. 
once you've shown that witnesses are Adam um, Zomim, so then retroactively their testimony is invalidated. And that being the case, if the witnesses first say that it was stolen and then at a later point say it was subsequently sold, and then we say, oh, the testimony regarding the theft is uh, huzam, it's been disproven. Uh, so then what happens is that testimony is now not valid and they'll have to pay for the kefal, the, the double payment that they were going to obligate the thief, the accused thief to um, to pay. But um, now since that testimony now has fallen away as being invalid, you can't build on it the second point, which is that he subsequently took that stolen animal and sold it because we're not considering it a stolen animal. We're now rejecting their testimony. And therefore, for technical reasons, um, even though they have been discredited regarding both aspects of their two testimonies, uh, only the first one's relevant, the second one falls away because it's built on the first which has been invalidated, so they would just pay um, kefal in such a scenario. Okay. The Mishnah continues on and says, what happens if ganav al pishnaim, the fact that he stole is established by first, by two witnesses, like group A, and then v'tavachu al pishnaim acherim, and then witnesses of group B testify and establish that he had subsequently um, slaughtered or stolen this uh, or sold this animal on and then and then we have other pairs of witnesses who come and they say that these witnesses um, of group A and B are actually Zomen because they were with us not at the scene of the crime the alleged scene of the crime so then the first group who were talking about the Gneva, they will now, who would have been obligating the thief, the alleged thief, to pay a kefal payment. So they have to pay kefal now. The Achronim, the second group of two that were now Huzam, which are shown to be Adam Zomen, they're Mishalman Tashlumi Shlosha. They will have to um, uh, pay what they were going to force them to pay, which is the extra three. This assumes that we're talking about a, a cow here. And if it would be a goat or sheep, it would be an extra two. So the point is, we since there's two separate halachic facts, as you said in the previous Mishnah, so we'll have group A of Adam Zomin pay for the kefal, the first two, and group B pay for the, the extra three, if it was a cow or two more, if it was a goat or sheep. Okay. Um, worth noting again, um, kind of similar to the first, that according to the Bartuna Rashi, if the first group who testified about the theft was... Um, Huzmu, if they were um, shown to be uh, Adam Zomen. So then immediately the whole like house of cards on which this big lie has been built now falls apart because the first step in the process has to be established theft. And then on top of that, you could have the subsequent um, sale or slaughter. If you now have disproven the theft part of it, the sale or slaughter part falls away. And then according to according to Rash and the Bartanura, um, the second group's testimony even though it was later shown to be not true, and they won't be considered Adam Zomen, because like, they weren't testifying on something which was um, going to be carried out, because we've already, sort of, step one, disproven um, their, the, the halachic fact that it was stolen in the first place, so the subsequent sale um, or slaughter is not, not consequential. That would mean, according to Rosh and the Bartanura, if the witnesses, if the first group of, of witnesses who are amazing, who are um, showing that the... If group A testified that it was stolen, and group B testified... That it was subsequently sold, and then Group C comes and say Group A are Adam Zomimin, and then after that, Group D came and said that Group B were Adam Zomimin. So since um, 
group B's testimony regarding the sale or slaughter is built on group A's testimony. If first we have Adam Zom, Adam who are Mazim who are who make group A into Adam Zomin, that testimony falls away, and group B's testimony is not consequential, and therefore only group A will be giving Kasher Zamam what they tried to do, meaning the Kethel payment, and group B will get away with paying nothing. That's how um, the Bartanur learned, and essentially Rosh learns that way. Um, which is how Abaye learns in the Gemara. Um, this is a little strange because the halacha doesn't follow Abaye, the halacha follows Rava, and according to Rava, just because you've disproven the first witnesses doesn't mean the second witness's um, testimony is not consequential because the idea is that, as Rava understands it, there's always an element of, of um, contradiction that is the building block of all, of all um, Hazama. And therefore... According to Rava, and ostensibly the halacha, even if you disprove the first group, so the second group should still have to pay. Um, yeah, according to the, how the Rambam seems to codify it, that second group, he writes, would pay four or five times, not just three times, or two or three times. Uh, that's also difficult to understand, um, but that's that's how it's written. Um, so, sorry, exactly, exactly why the Rambam ruled that way in this case. Okay. Now, the next case of the Mishnah is Echad min zomem. If one of the two witnesses who were testifying regarding the theft, excuse me, the sale or the slaughter, they are shown to be an aid zomem, so one of the two. They know that guy was not possible to give testimony. So there, batla eidoshnia. Then that second testimony falls apart because even though the other we only have we have an, one of the two people in that second group are eight zomim, but so what? You need two people to testify together, so the whole thing falls apart. So therefore, that that second group will pay nothing, even though one of the guys is is a is a, is a liar, um, but it doesn't matter. They, they'll pay nothing. They'll get away with it. Echad min harishonim zomim. However, if one of the first one of the two members of the pair who testified regarding the Geneva, the first group. If he is um, shown to be an Edzomem, then but Kola Edus, everything falls apart because you haven't, you haven't established the fact that the accused fellow actually stole in the first place. So the fact that he subsequently um, sold or slaughtered this animal is not, not consequential, and therefore everything falls apart, and no one's going to pay anything. Everything will be Pater. Um, at least that's how Bartner learns, like Rashi. Um, once you've said there's no, we haven't established that there was a theft in the first place, so therefore um, you have no um, subsequent relevance to his having slaughtered or sold this animal.